Hello and welcome, neighbors. I'm Brian Plain, and this is the Live Here Riverside podcast. This podcast shares the stories of good people doing great things right here in our village of Riverside, Illinois. My guest today is Nick Fournier. Nick owns and operates Scout Real Estate Partners, a boutique real estate brokerage serving Chicago and the western suburbs located right here in Riverside. Nick is also a member of the Riverside Chamber of Commerce and is one of the organizers of their upcoming summer festival, Riverfest. In our conversation, we discuss Nick's story, including how his family came to Riverside and what inspired him to start his own real estate group rather than joining an existing one. Nick also shares the history of Riverfest, how it's grown over the past few years, and what's in store for this year's event. Without further ado, here's my conversation with our neighbor, Nick Fournier. All right, Nick. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Glad I could do it. So let's start with your story. Are you originally from Riverside or where did, where did you grow up? Uh, I am not. So I grew up a little further west in Bloomingdale, which is kind of close to Elmhurst, Addison area. Um, lived there, grew up there my entire life. Uh, moved to the city and lived down there for many years. Uh, and then ended up uh, marrying my wife, Jen, who's from Brookfield, from the Hollywood area. And that's kind of our, our touch for uh, coming back here. It wasn't uh, with certainty, and I probably liked Riverside more than she did, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was an awesome town that I, was, I had some familiarity with, but uh, not a ton. So uh, glad to kind of come through here and, and uh, make it our home. Okay. And, and so what, so what was it that actually brought you, I guess, from out of the city to, to Riverside? Is it just, you, you just maybe visiting family in, in Brookfield that you kind of discovered it or I guess, how did, how did you guys end up landing, landing here? Well, yeah. So good question. Um, my in-laws, Jen's parents had moved away from Brookfield basically when she was done with high school. So they weren't here anymore. Um, what it really was is after, you know, we had kids, uh, we had small babies and, and we knew it was inevitable that we were going to get out of the city at some point. Mm-hmm. This was in 2012. So the real estate climate was much different. Uh, our place in the city was completely underwater. We couldn't really sell that. But at the same time, we knew if we could figure out a way to buy something out here, um, it was a great opportunity. We looked at some of the surrounding towns, Oak Park, River Forest, uh, a little bit of Brookfield, but then Riverside. and. And there were two things about it. Number one, I thought the dollar went farther here than it did in in Oak Park or River Forest. Uh, But number two, I mean, it was just, it felt awesome driving through here. The layout is cool. It's completely unique. Um, And at the same time, it was completely convenient. I mean, we were driving between Riverside and our place in West Town. Uh, Without traffic, we could get that done in, in just over 20 minutes. So the proximity was really, really appealing to us. Sure. And, and I guess speaking of real estate, that's a good, a good dovetail into, cause I know that's, that's your, your business too. So why don't you uh, tell, tell us a little about kind of your business, um, how it got started. And uh, I guess we'll just start from, from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so since college, I've been in real estate in one capacity or another. Uh, after graduating college, I was working in real estate development directly for developers uh, basically finding projects for them, underwriting the projects, and managing many of the projects for them. Uh, during the real estate downturn, uh, that 
kind of whole market went away and, and a lot of forms of real estate, at least locally, uh, just weren't, weren't lucrative for anyone to do anymore. So I had to kind of find uh, another angle. I have a degree in finance, so I was able to get a position with a large real estate uh, company, Equity Residential, which is one of the largest multifamily companies in the United States. Got in with them, was doing some acquisition work, uh, ended up working a lot in in operations for them and running up a, a branch of their operations, basically. Um, it was a good job, but it was also very corporate. So, you know, kind of uh, several things happened all at once where in 2012, we, we moved out of the city. The, the real estate market started to kind of show signs of life again. Um, I knew deep within that I didn't want to be working at a big company like that, that I wanted to do something a little more uh, local for sure. I mean, I, I worked in an office day in and day out. And so not experiencing uh, assets and, and properties firsthand, uh, I really missed that aspect of my career. And so, you know, after evaluating several things and, and the networks that I have and people that I know, um, I decided it was time to, to kind of go out on my own. It was an idea that I had had for many years, but the timing just wasn't right. So um, once we moved into Riverside and, and we were kind of settled in here and, and felt stable enough, um, I went ahead and did it and just set up my own brokerage. I had always had a, a, a broker's license. I increased that to a managing broker's license. And uh, it's, it's a bit of a different concept because many people that work in brokerage can't really fathom just setting up their own shop one day and, and uh, moving forward. They have a lot of support systems at a big brokerage. Um, but, you know, having come from kind of a corporate and, and I worked a lot in technology, I knew there were ways to scale this and just make it an efficient operation and a boutique operation. So, um, you know, the company, we started it basically in 2013. It was the end of 2012 where I left equity. I got everything lined up over that winter. And uh, 2013, I just kind of started brokering on my own through people that I know. Um, and there's kind of a, a twofold angle to that. We have, uh, I have a large family, so I had a lot of connections locally. I've, I've been in the area my entire life, so that was very helpful. Um, and I also had a, a pretty good set of people that were doing investment type activities. And so I was able to um, leverage those relationships and, and basically get my business off the ground. And uh, it's, it's been great ever since. Uh, that's it's kind of a the short story of how we were conceived. Sure. Um, well, and one thing you left out of that that I think would be helpful for everybody is tell everybody the name of your business as well, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Scout Real Estate Partners. Uh, and uh, yeah, we keep our office here in, in Riverside and in downtown Riverside in the arcade building. And, and I guess, so for folks that I guess maybe don't understand some of those nuances, um, I think that was, that was one of my questions I had for you is, um, you know, I think everyone knows many real estate agents, but um, maybe you could explain a little bit the difference between maybe why you decided, you know, to kind of go out completely on your own and set up your own agency as opposed to kind of working under, under another umbrella. And I guess to dovetail on that question... Um, tell us about Scout kind of as it exists today. Is it, is it still kind of just you? Do you have other agents kind of underneath you? Um, just, I guess, tell us a little bit more about that process. Yeah, right on. So, um, yeah, right. So if you're, 
most people work with a broker and that broker is being sponsored by a managing broker. Oftentimes the managing brokers and the managing um, or the sponsoring brokers are some of these bigger real estate agencies that I think a lot of people know instantly, uh, Caldwell Banker, At Properties, Baird and Warner. And so their brokers are working under that guise and, and they're, um, they have different you know, payment uh, agreements and everything, but they're, they're kicking back a portion of their money back to those brokerages. In turn, the brokerages are you know, supplying offices, um, office services, copiers, um, internet presence, this kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of this stuff, we just, we look at and, and we feel we've been able to provide those same level services and the same types of benefits that uh, a huge company like that would have. We're doing it just in a more efficient manner. Uh, I like it because I don't think the big brokerage model is beneficial to the client. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, you're, you're as a client coming into a transaction, you're as good as the person that's representing you. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, so is the big brokerage model beneficial to the people that own the companies? Absolutely. And I'm not saying these companies do a bad job by any means, but sure. it's just a different model. And I, I feel like that, that extra layer isn't necessary. Um, I really like the fact that at this point, we're the biggest 100% local brokerage in Riverside. Uh, you know, a lot of these other companies have gone, you know, and sold out to other brokerages. Um, some of the other brokers have already been working for uh, bigger brokerages. So being completely independent is is a very unique trait these days. And it's becoming fewer and uh, farther between to find the companies that are truly local. So when people, you know, patronize our business, especially locals, uh, not only, you know, they're supporting both a 100% local business and a local family. I mean, this is my livelihood. Uh, most of the things that our family does, it, you know, comes from the income that this business generates. So uh, being in Riverside, keeping the office in Riverside, it's something I, I really like about it and hope I can continue to do it. Um, as far as the size and number of brokers that we have, I have one broker at the moment. Um, you know, could that grow? It, it can. I don't think I'm ever going to grow it into something that's, you know, 40 or 50 brokers deep or something. Um, I like working with people and being in the transactions and representing them personally. So that kind of limits my ability to truly scale the business, but I'm okay with that right now because um, what I do day in and day out, I, I truly love. So it's, it's fine by me. <laughs> Preaching to the choir when it comes to the quality over quantity argument. So I understand what you're saying there. Um, And that's great. And then I I guess to dovetail a little bit. um, So you had mentioned to me, I know you're, I know you're involved here with the Riverside Chamber of Commerce. And um, you had mentioned to me that you're actually one of the organizers this year for Riverfest. So can you tell folks, I guess, a little bit about Riverfest and also kind of how that, how that came to be, or maybe a little bit of the history of Riverfest? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Riverfest is really a continuation of a different event in Riverside, which was the Chamber of Commerce's uh, steak fry. And so for years and years, and I, I don't know exactly how long, I, probably 50 or over 50 years, the Chamber of Commerce was hosting an event called the steak fry. And it was, you know, a nice little event. It had some tents uh, right on East Avenue and they would 
literally fry up steak and you get a potato. And it was a very, uh, it just had a long legacy and, and tradition. At the same time, it was definitely an adult event. Uh, you probably wouldn't bring the kids. I don't even know if they were allowed. Um, and it was just, you know, you sit down, you have dinner, and you have a nice conversation, but it wasn't, there just wasn't any other angle or aspect with it. So um, to kind of accommodate many of the changing uh, households in the, in the town, we thought it would be cool to, to kind of parlay that event and create a spinoff, which is how we came up with Riverfest. What we wanted to do with Riverfest is two things. Number one, make an event that feels kind of like a city fest, right? So many um, households, families are coming into Riverside and they used to live in the city. Well, if you lived in, in Wicker Park and you did due division every year, the way that that uh, fest, that event felt is far different than how uh, the steak fry felt. And I think, you know, for a lot of people that would probably kind of throw them off and say, I, I don't know if this is really for me. They, there was just a lack of comfort with, with some of the newer families coming into town. Um, so we started it. It was, this is going to be the third one is 2017. So the first one was 2015. Uh, that one was uh, very successful and a little smaller scale than what we do now. We, we didn't know exactly how it was going to go. Um, so we had a band and we had uh, local vendors providing food kind of out of tents, just kind of like a street fest that you would find in the city. And it was, it was hugely successful. There were so many people. Uh, East Avenue was completely full of people. Um, you know, probably close upwards of a thousand people came to that event. So, you know, fast forward another, another year. Last year, we added an entire family area kind of based on, on feedback and based on what we had seen at the last event. And so in that family area, we, we run that for four hours. And that, that's from four to eight. Um, we get a bunch of inflatables inflatable obstacle course, a uh, 30-foot slide, uh, just tons of stuff that kids love. There, there's a train ride as well, one of these little trains that will take the kids out for a, a half-a-block ride or, or something. So um, very cool aspect that we've added into the event. And so this year's is pretty much a carbon copy of last year's. Uh, we have a band. We have live music. We have the family area. We're going to have a ton of food, um, beer, wine, uh, soft drinks, pretty much everything that you, you would want at a street fest. And uh, it seems that every year our attendance gets better and better. So we couldn't be, couldn't be happier with it. No, it's, it's been great personally, just to see the growth of it. We've, we've only been here for two years, but the last two years we've, we've been both times and um, yeah, it's been a, it's again, it's a, it's a great family event that uh, you can definitely find something, something for everyone. Right. Um, and, and along those lines, Nick, how do, um, so folks want to get more information about Riverfest, such as, uh, you know, when it is, um, and just kind of stay up to date on it. Uh, what, what's the best spot for them to go to get, to get information about it? Best spot is going to be our Facebook page. We have a dedicated page for uh, Riverfest. Um, I, I don't know the URL off the top of my, <laughs> my head, so I'd have to, I'd have to get back to that. But if you search for Riverfest, we have the, the page up. It's July 22nd. Uh, event starts at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and it runs until about 11 o'clock is, is as late as we can keep the music going. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the number one, uh, source. Uh, also, if you follow the Riverside Chamber of Commerce page on Facebook, you get a lot of information about that as well. I don't, I honestly don't know if we have a, a dedicated URL that lands on it, um, through any of the web pages right now. So I can't, 
I can't provide that, but that's, uh, that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll find it and make sure it shows up in the show notes. So we'll, we'll take care of it on my end. Um, no, that's great. Um, all right. So I guess to get back to kind of more Riverside specific and some questions for you here, um, what's, uh, one thing that you wish more folks in Riverside knew about you personally? Uh, you know, good question. What a, what a strange, uh, <laughs> curveball. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of people know us. So I, I would have no idea what I wish they would know is, um, you know, we really do love this community and I think it shows we try to get involved in as many different, um, angles and aspects as we can. I, I know at times that can be, uh, that can come across as abrasive to people that have been here for 20, 30 years and that they don't really like the status quo being challenged. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's just kind of the, the way the name of the game right and it's not um we like everyone here and we like this town a lot uh we hope to keep it our our home for for many many years to come so um you know i can't i can't stress enough how much we like to support local events we offer both my wife and i we offer a lot of time and a lot of resources um to you know volunteering in, in the political spectrum volunteering in this chamber and and business type events and, uh, you know, even from Little League and coaching and all that, uh, just try to get involved as, as much as we possibly can. Good. No, I, I, think, I think that qualifies as an, answer to, as an answer to my curveball question there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then what's, uh, along those same lines, what, if you had to pick one thing, what's your favorite thing about Riverside? Um, you know, it, it really is kind of the, the best of both worlds is the way to describe it. I mean, it's, it's quaint to an extent when you're here, you feel pretty isolated, but you're not isolated whatsoever. I can, you know, be in the city very fast. I can be to Oakbrook, LaGrange. I mean, pretty much any service that you would imagine uh, needing or, or using, it's at your fingertips. But when you're here, uh, it doesn't feel that way. You don't feel like there's a, a huge shopping mall within half a mile of here, um, any of that stuff. So there, there's really nothing like it. it. It's just a very, very awesome place. And uh, kind of what's been a hidden gem, I think that term is overused, but I just used it. Uh, <laughs> it, really, it really is, though. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. And, and now a loaded question for you based on some of your previous answers here, but let's say you get to change one thing about Riverside, no questions asked. What, what is that and why? Uh, it's, it's hands down the use of the riverfront. Uh, it's, mm. it's such a, a wonderful asset for our village and it's the most underused and under leveraged asset. Um, we, we could, we could have amazing, amazing things on that riverfront and I feel like we're just kind of kicking it to the wayside and, and it's a big mistake. I, I think that's uh, the biggest lost opportunity right now in this, in this village. And I, I point to Naperville, I point to St. Charles, Geneva, uh, these places, what they've done with their riverfronts have completely changed the dynamic of those towns um, throughout their history. And so I think, again, big lost opportunity. I would love to see uh, more stuff along our river. You're, you're not the first person I've heard that from. So I, <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. Um, and then uh, last question for you. What's the kindest thing that someone from Riverside has done for you? 
<laughs> That's an easy story. Uh, this happened a few years ago at Riverside Foods. Um, I, I was in line getting some stuff. It was kind of a more frantic time of our life when the kids were really little and, and you could barely get away. Uh, and I was picking up a bunch of stuff and I check out and realize that not only I don't have my wallet on me, but I don't have it anywhere. It, it was back at home. Oh. So, <laughs> so within seconds, um, the, the woman behind me was offering like bar none, you know, was going to pay for, uh, I had 30 or $40 of stuff there and, and she was uh, 100% happy to pay for it and, and was insistent upon it. And, uh, it really was the kindest thing. I ended up um, just calling and getting my debit number and having my wife read it to me. And so I would, I still paid for it. But just the fact that someone would step up like that without uh, thinking twice about it just kind of sets a tone for, for where you are and, and where you live and, and the people that you're surrounded by. So um, that would that's definitely the one that sticks out uh, for sure. Uh, I think I think that's a that's a that's a good one to end with. Um, and Nick, if if people want to find out more about you and your business, um, where where can they find you online? We are www.scoutrep, rep like Peter scoutrep.com, and uh, we're always happy to talk to anyone about real estate, whether they're buying, selling, investing, even if you're thinking about remodeling, we have so much experience with helping people with that and helping people add value. I'm always open to give people advice and, and it costs absolutely nothing to just call me and pick my ear. No, that's great. Well, Nick, thanks thanks so much for, for coming on the show and not only sharing about your business, but letting folks know about Riverside as well, or Riverfest as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, for sure. And thanks for all you're doing, Brian. You're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, here's to, to much more with the EDC and uh, pushing these uh, agendas forward. Great. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks. For sure. Hey, neighbor. Brian here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Here Riverside podcast. You can read our blog posts and hear future episodes of this podcast by visiting us online at livehereriverside.com or liking our Facebook page, Live Here Riverside. One last thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a neighbor that you think would enjoy it as well. Thanks for stopping by.